Hey everybody, it's John Fusco here again, and I'm happy to say we've got another great interview for you this week. At this point, I don't think it's any secret that I'm sort of a genre fiend, so when I saw that Netflix would be premiering their new season of the dystopian sci-fi series Black Mirror at TIFF, I jumped on the chance to talk with a few of the directors. If you aren't familiar with the anthology show, Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror started off as a TV show on Great Britain's Channel 4, not the BBC as I embarrassingly get called out for later on. A few years later, it went on to become a sensation in the United States thanks to millions of binge-watchers on Netflix. When Channel 4 announced they would no longer be producing the show, it only made sense that Netflix would pick it up and start funding a new season themselves. The season premiered last night, so it's on Netflix now, but don't worry, I avoided giving away any spoilers. This episode of the No Film School podcast is broken up into two parts. The first is an interview with Joe Wright, who directed the episode Nosedive. This episode paints a picture of a future where every single interaction leads to a rating on social media. The higher your person rating, the more access you get to certain expensive privileges. The lower it is, well, let's just say you don't want a low score. Mr. Wright has directed some super high-budget features, including Atonement, Pride and Prejudice, Anna Karenina, and most recently, Pan. Among other things, we discussed his transition from big-budget picture to streaming TV, and how your actors may be the most important tool you have as a filmmaker. So I'll just ask you to introduce yourself for our listeners. Hello, uh, my name's Joe Wright, and I am the director of uh, Nosedive, which is an episode um, of Black Mirror. So let's start off um, with sort of a question about directing for an anthology series in itself. How is that different than, say, directing for episodic TV or for a feature? Um, well, I, I don't know. I've never done episodic TV. So um, doing this was really like doing a, a, a film, you know, a short film. One had the freedom to create your own world and develop a, a story that was in and of itself, characters. Um, and it was, it was really refreshing, actually. I loved, I loved doing it. Um, it had less pressure than a movie. Uh, having just come from Pan, which was quite a painful experience, the release was. What um, a huge movie. Yeah, it was a big movie and, and the release was a very painful experience. And so uh, it was exciting to do something that was fresh and about great writing, great actors in rooms talking to each other, you know. Um, uh, it really was was um, a way of getting back on the horse and and remembering why I love doing what I do. Let's talk a little bit about that collaboration with Charlie Brooker then. Um, just sort of the process that you guys use. He's such an imaginative writer. Um, how do you take such an like a unique vision of a writer and sort of twist that into your own vision or make his words come out visually well the inter interesting thing about Char charlie is that he you know he writes great drama and although the technology is very specific the world is not uh, so there's a lot of freedom there to develop a world that is entirely from one's own imagination uh, there's a lot of freedom in the process. The script was brilliant and I don't think I changed anything, um, not a line, but it was very much, you know, the script 
either described the technology or gave the dialogue um, but there was no you know description of the world there was no description of um, the color palette or, or or anything really other than the interaction um, and connection or disconnection between the human beings it looked on the page a little bit more like a play script than a than a film script um, and that was that was incredibly refreshing too. It gave you know it gave one a, a, a very firm foundation from which one could spring and and let the imagination fly. So then let's talk about um, some of the strategies that you would use to sort of build this world because it was so fully realized. You, mm. you mentioned the color palette. Um, there was definitely some Stepford Wives sort of elements in there. Um, what were like sort of your uh, I'd say like totem poles to keep your world intact, you know what I mean? Well, really, the main starting point was an island uh, on, on the coast of South Africa, uh, which was a little gated community where all of the exteriors were shot. Um, and, and that place felt quite strange. Um, it is quite a kind of homogenized place. Uh, the architect's designs on the island are a kind of template of what you can build there. Uh, there's only a certain number of colours that you're allowed to use on this island. So it's a very kind of homogenised world. And really that was the inspiration for the world in its entirety. We took that kind of grain and blew it up into an entire uh, world. Uh, my wife uh, comes from just outside San Diego. Um, and uh, and I used to drive up and down that road from LA to San Diego quite a lot. I know the road. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and really that was the inspiration as well. That that kind of um, area of Southern California, sort of like a desolate. Desert, yeah, almost. yeah, it's like, kind of quite an unnatural yeah, place, really. I'm yeah. not sure that human beings were meant to live there. Just um, strip malls. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. And it. and there's no countryside. Yeah. It's apart from a bit of military land. Uh, there's no break in the in the suburban sprawl all the way down, right. uh, which I found really interesting as well. Cool. So I guess shifting gears uh, very quickly, because this is a show about sort of the potentials of technology. Where do you see TV heading? Um, this is obviously a Netflix original. Do you think that streaming services are sort of where directors can look for work in the future as far as certainly i mean i mean i um i really like working for netflix it has all the benefits of television without the kind of negatives you know you're not having to build to a cliffhanger at the end of every episode to keep audiences coming True. back next week True. um there are no sh commercial breaks you get a decent budget um, not a not a profligate one but a but a, a you know um, something that one can work with which means you have time to work with the actors uh, it was a four-week shoot um, most of my movies are two hours and therefore a kind of 12-week shoot so it was kind of tight but but um, I I'm I'm really excited about the future of television and, and streaming services. I like watching it, you know. I, I, I have Netflix and, and I watch it. It feels like an exciting time. It, it feels like the audience have a bit more control, really. Which That's is, a good point. Yeah, is a good thing. It's interesting how you say that um, it sort of influences the structure of like script screenwriting mm. itself. Is there any sort of collaboration or communication between the different directors of the anthology series or is it sort of 
a final product you just get to see everyone's work yeah i haven't seen any of the others i met owen um who directed uh san junipero whilst i was out in south africa um and asked him about the crew that he was using and um but that was it really um so no there was no there was no conversation between the different uh productions if you like and then are you are you um, assigned sort of an episode or did you get to look through the episodes and uh, no it was kind of like the next one up okay. they needed a director for this one and and they they shot them kind of um one after the other so they had already um hired owen and i expressed an interest in doing an episode and they showed me the script and i said yep i'll do that yeah um uh, it was really that simple wow yeah jealous <laughs> well yeah i mean i'm yeah it was it was uh some jobs are really hard work and everything is kind of tough uh this one was like butter it was very easy and simple really you know it was great did you uh get to cast the episode yourself yeah yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah. so like yep. they just kind of give you yep yep I said I'd really like Bryce Dallas Howard to do this and they went oh that's a good idea so I called Bryce I'd met her 10 years ago I think for casting for Atonement and absolutely loved her but she was completely wrong for the film um, so uh, I'd always sort of had in the back of my mind that I wanted to work with her and then I read this script and she seemed like the perfect uh, Lacey um, so I called her up and said, do you want to do this? And she said, yes. And that was it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, everything you know. seems really dreamlike and yeah. easy. This. This is yeah. Like, it uh, was, it's odd. It's yeah. odd. You yeah. know. Well, okay. So wrapping things up, I would just have to ask, we ask uh, almost everyone this. Mm. Um, you're familiar with the site, which is great. Uh, what, if you had one piece of advice for emerging filmmakers or young filmmakers or people trying to break out of the scene, what would you give for directors? Yeah, for directors. Or, um, well, I mean, well, that's an interesting... Well, because they're, you know, filmmakers is, is all of us, really. Yeah. Um, uh, but for directors, I'd suggest that nothing is more important than the story. Mm -hmm. But second to the story uh, are the actors. Mm -hmm. And therefore, try and gain some experience in theatre. Hmm. Um, because that will give you the experience of working with actors without having to be worried about budget. Mm -hmm. Yes, shot construction is really important and lighting and, you know, but there are other people who can deal with all of that stuff. You have cameramen and you have gaffers and you have editors and composers and so on. But your main priority must always be the actors. That relationship between actor and director is sacrosanct and there's no one else to, um, to, to guide them through the process. Um, that's your entire responsibility. Uh, so, so I'd say um, a really good idea is to get some actors together and put on a show um, in a warehouse or your living room mm -hmm. or uh, you know what we call fringe theater uh, in London um, and, and get to know how actors think and work acting is not some strange witchcraft uh it is a craft um and can be understood um uh, so i'd say that's the 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 kind of your primary uh focus 
that's very refreshing to hear. No one ever set, gives advice about working with actors. Really? For, yeah, for their like, I mean, we ask this question time and time again, and it's always, you know, um, you know, well, never give up, never surrender, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems like there's not a lot of focus given on actors i actually went to school for theater so right, right, i right, right. completely agree with you that if yeah. the actors aren't in place you know you don't have i also hate theatrical filmmaking you yeah. know? i mean i think i think film needs to be divorced from the theater mm-hmm. but it, it does allow an opportunity to, to to and that's why british actors are so popular absolutely um and it's why you know a lot of the 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 british directors sam mendes and and stephen daldry and um stephen frears and you know uh, a lot of these british directors started in theater yeah. and uh, and it's a great foundation you heard it go find a play yeah. find some actors and just put it on yeah yeah read plays yeah read you know. plays absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. are there any yeah. um any sort of methods or any like uh i mean you know the strasberg meisner Ooh. adler any that you identify with no i don't like any of them really <laughs> um especially not strasberg yeah um because uh, i find actually strasberg's sort of method distances the actor from the character mm-hmm. so you know um, emotional recall for instance yeah, yeah. where if you're imagining you know if you're playing a character whose son has died and you think okay well the closest experience i've had to that was when my dog died yeah. so i'll remember the feeling of my dog dying and uh, and use that uh, for and replicate that or, or reignite that feeling when playing the scene where my son dies right Actually, you're just playing your dog dying. You're not playing your son dying. And you're um, just beating yourself up. Yeah. You're like going into a corner and trying to acting, remember this. Acting as all arts is is about the imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the best actors uh, are ones with the best imaginations, you know, uh, and a dramatic imagination, an emotional imagination. A painter needs a great pictorial, visual imagination and a, and a, a, a composer needs a great musical imagination actors need great emotional imaginations Mm -hmm. to find the unusual truth within uh the the character and the drama that they're playing meisner sanford meisner said uh the goal of every actor should be living truthfully under imaginary circumstances i think that's a a pretty good way yeah i think that's a great line Yeah. yeah 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 cool easier said than done yeah yeah very much easier well thanks joe it's been a pleasure Next, I talked with Owen Harris, director of the pilot San Junipero episode. This episode imagines a future where VR provides a peaceful transition into death. No stranger to the series, Mr. Harris also directed the classic Be Right Back episode back in season two. For those of you who have seen season two, it's the episode about a grieving woman who uses a computer software that allows you to talk to the deceased. We discussed the differences between directing for anthology and episodic TV, and Harris's open collaboration with writer-creator Charlie Brooker. I am speaking with Owen, another director from the Black Mirror series. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Owen Harris. Um, I am uh, the director of San Junipero, which is the latest episode on uh, the new season of Black Mirror. So let's start with this question I asked um, Joe earlier, but you might have more experience since you've directed episodic TV before. What would you say um, are the main differences between directing episodic TV and anthology TV? 
I mean, Black Mirror isn't really episodic. Is that what you mean? No, no. It's yeah. like yeah, it's like an anthology. It's an anthology. So, oh, yeah, so yeah. I see. Yeah, no. So I've done I've done Misfits before, mm-hmm. um, which I think it's just the fact that you you. What's great about Black Mirror is that you get to set up a completely brand a brand new world every time that you you do it. Whereas obviously, when you're doing something episodic, each episode returns to the same scenario, characters, and gets developed and. Um, and they both have their. It's I, I guess it's a slightly different skill set across both because you've got um, in episodic television. Obviously, you've got a lot more time to build characters. You've got long, longer to develop storylines and everything. Um, but then you've still got the pressure of making each one feel tight and entertaining. Whereas with uh, something like Black Mirror, which is anthology, you've got a certain amount of time to create a sense of character tell the story and yes they're they're very complex stories too they're all very complex stories I mean I I think it's the great thing about Charlie's scripts is that he does cover a lot a lot of ground during them and at the same time you've got but you've always got fascinating characters and you feel like they're alive and you believe in them and yeah it's great writing so we're talking about Charlie a little bit Um, what was your collaborative process with him like on San Junipero, there was it, San Junipero script didn't change a huge amount. Um, the one before uh, Be Right Back, I think we went backwards and forwards over the ending a few times, little bits and pieces. Um, but the collaboration is quite often then beyond that. It's it's about turning those scripts into a, into a world right. and how you approach that world and create that world and what it looks like and all of that sort of stuff. So the collaboration sort of starts started there as opposed to on the actual sort of script itself. And he's great. He's a very generous collaborator, and building these worlds isn't always easy because, obviously, with the nature of this story, there you're you're playing with people's expectations. Um, so yeah, it's always fun fun to make. He's just like such an imaginative yep. writer. Yeah. Um, that I imagine the process from you know taking his words yep. and transforming them visually into something yep. of your own yep. is difficult. What was that like for you? I mean, I I, I think it's also quite. Um, you feel quite confident doing it because they're always very confident scripts. They're, the dialogue's always very good. So you, um, the, the challenge is always a tonal one, I think, with Black Mirror. It's sort of, um, you don't want to be indulgent with it. You've got to still treat them like real stories. You've got to treat the people like real people, even though um, often the world, the, the places it takes you are incredibly exaggerated. You've got to try and treat them as, as real. And I think that it's, it's more of a tonal challenge with his, his work, but it's, that's the most fun part of it, I think. So how are you brought on to this uh, endeavour? When I did the last one, I think that I'd just finished what I'd done. Um, I did a, uh, a BBC film about um, uh, Monty Python, and I'd done Misfits and things like that. Cool. Um, they'd seen that, and... Yeah, and I went in, and I, th- I think I spoke to them about the first season, um, and I wasn't available for the first season, so that when the second season came around, I really liked what they'd done, yeah. and and I did be right back, yeah. What is that transition from the BBC to Netflix like? In the end, I don't really... Uh, I'm just thinking about the script, so um, oh, true, true. each... each whoever it's for they all have different ways of working I've really enjoyed working with Netflix I thought they were they were really good to work with especially when you consider Black Mirror is a complicated tonal piece um, I thought they were great they were really really great they really got it um, really sort of got behind it um, and the BBC's yeah the BBC's also you know they they make very com- they're very confident you know historically they do great stuff yeah, so yeah. yeah they've all got different ways of working there did you ever feel sort of like beheld to 
maintaining the tonal sort of aesthetic of the BBC's Black Mirror in this transition? Was oh, that sorry, no. That... The, but, so the last Black Mirror was for Channel Four. Oh, it's for Channel Four. Channel Four. Okay. And and again, they, again, they, they the work that Channel Four do is quite similar to the sort of stuff that's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, but their process was different. Um. But tonally, no. I think it, what's what I love about Black Mirror is that tonally you start from scratch each time. Sure. I mean, I think that there were there were definitely some similarities between this one and my last one, but there were just similarities in terms of where you start off with, which is in this sense of optimism and then where that sense of optimism take, takes you but each one felt quite totally very very different which is fun to do I think yeah it's yeah. awesome if you had any sort of advice for young filmmakers yep. what's your best piece of advice for filmmakers trying to break onto the scene I, do you know what something that I'm I'm learning even now is that I think it's really I think it, it's really valuable to write stuff to write your own stuff to learn to learn about what you're doing through where it sort of starts which is a script i think that the one thing i've learned is that you never it, you never get away from the script so it's got to be it's got to be a fantastic script if you want to make a fantastic film and i think that if you can learn by writing your own stuff even if you don't make make it just learn the pitfalls and the things to to look out for i think that's one thing and then i think it's also um, important to find collaborators that the uh, people that you're gonna share a vision with and it's it's difficult it's trial and error until you find the people that you think can share your tone of voice because um, you can't do it on your own um, I think it, and and I think that's the last piece of advice that you don't don't think you can do everything I think that you've got a you've got to be generous and listen and learn um, and if you do that, then you've got a chance of doing something good, I think. Something that you said struck me um, about, uh, you know, ha- making sure that the script is in place yeah. um, before you go on. I was talking with uh, a few other directors about that yesterday. And it's been interesting to hear sort of the disparity. Some directors sort of swear by making discoveries within the filming process itself. And then others are all more about making the discoveries earlier within the screenwriting I think that you can be a lot more confident making discoveries once you're filming if you already know the script is working well I think then it can be a lot of fun and I, yeah I would never I'd never say just shoot the script I think the great thing about filmmaking is to discover things I would hate to reach the end of a job and feel like I've only just shot the script yeah. I think you're constantly trying to I think every day every scene you're discovering new ways of telling it and seeing it just because of the way you turn up and the way the light is and what times of day you shoot at and what that means to a scene and so um, I think it's a mixture of both, but I think if you can start in a place where you feel very confident with the material, then you're already in a, you know, heading in the right direction. Yeah, and I'm sure your crew sort of becomes more confident about you they too. Do, yeah, your... they do, and I think that, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like people walking onto set for the first time, having read a script that they love and they're already into, and then everyone's up for trying new stuff and having a bit of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Owen. Thank you. <laughs> Short great. and sweet. Yes, great. Well done. Take Thanks for listening, everybody, and be sure and check out Black Mirror on Netflix now. Remember to rate and subscribe to the No Film School podcast if you like us, and we'll see you Thursday for Indie Film Weekly.